Eight players are left. We're here at the Elite Eight of our 64-player bracket of players 28 years of age or younger. Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, Mookie Betts. Big names, big debates. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I am your host, Luke Manerfeld, joined today by the Stitches panel. Getting closer to the end of our 64-player bracket of players 28 years of age or younger. We got all three guys here. We're going to go over all of it. And like I said at the beginning of the, uh, the show, we got some big names to go over. Starting off with Robert Stangler. Robert, you and Mike Trout, very comparable in terms of name recognition, how's it going? Wow, that's quite that's quite the praise there. My goodness, Mike Trout and Robert staying in the same sentence? You won't hear that again. Well, you're going to hear it a lot this episode because we got to break down Mike Trout for once. We've kind of just skipped over that throughout this whole bracket, but now we got to break it down since we got eight players left. That's so true. Get Mike, Trout, Mike Trout needs a little Mike breakdown. Trout. He does. He does need one. And with Robert, Noah Manerfeld is here as well. Noah, how's it going? I'll say Mike Trout doesn't need a breakdown. When I heard that, I figured, like, a breakdown. He just had a terrible season, which we don't need that from Mike Trout. Um, I don't know if anyone read it, read it that way. Well, I, I heard it that way, so okay. I don't know. But Where's your headspace at, man? <laughs> not here. It's it's in my head. I don't know. Uh, I have a hint. Quarantine life. <laughs> I've got a hint. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped, I'm pumped for today. Uh, excited to talk some baseball. I've been waiting all day for it. That's good. Nick, how pumped are you? I am very excited. I am very pumped. I've been outside all day today enjoying the nice weather, and now I get to sit inside in a dank bedroom and talk some baseball. What does that mean? Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he said does dank. dank mean, like, gross, or is that a good thing? Oh, my god! Dank is a cool thing, dude. Have you ever heard yeah. that? I don't it's, know. It's the way cool, he said it sounded gross. Cool and moldy and anymore. moist. Oh. This podcast is dank. All right, I'm looking right. up the definition of dank Let's right now. Let's not use that word. Don't use Urban Dictionary because I'm using it in the Webster Disagreeably damp, musty, and typically <laughs> cold. Nick, use the word properly. <laughs> Thank you. Are you surprised? I describe uh, Robert as Who dank wrote too? this dictionary? To- disagreeably damp. Is anything agreeably damp? <laughs> <laughs> like what? What the heck? <laughs> okay. Well, now, we, now all our listeners know the definition of dank. Love it, Nick. I love yeah. it. You're I just educated. want to bring a new, new, new uh, side to the show. Uh, all right, we got the name game to go over, and then we've got our tournament to go over. But before we get into all that, I just want to remind you, uh, we're so close to the end of this this player tournament. We really hope baseball comes back soon, but uh, we're gonna have a lot of cool ideas coming up in the next few weeks, even without baseball, including the end of this tournament. We'll have some other stuff. So make sure you're following along uh, with the ride uh, on our podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe, like, whatever, uh, and follow along. Please rate five stars. Uh, give us uh, a review. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Help to get the word out to more listeners. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, at Stitches Pod, and on Twitter, at Stitches Pod as well. Uh, send us your comments or questions to Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And now time for the name game Name game today, Dash Winningham. Dash Winningham. Noah, is Dash a real baseball player? First baseman. Hmm. 
I think that could be a nickname. I'm going, yeah. It sounds like Willingham, but you replace the L's with the N. Uh, like Josh Willingham. I'm going to go yes. Okay, so if I did that, then how would that be a real player? Like <laughs> I don't you're, know. You're I, I was making a comment. I wasn't <laughs> commenting on your choice of it. I just thought, oh, hey, that sounds like Willingham. I never thought I'd live to see the day where Robert's the most sane person on the podcast, but today, not, I don't you, know what's happening you today. and Nick are really making it possible. <laughs> this is crazy. Sorry, so much sun today. I'm just trying to be dang wow. today, you know. Yeah, apparently. Robert, Dash, real baseball player? I'm not even going to think about this one. I'm just going to say no. All right. Robert says no. Nick, break the tie. I have been thinking about this one, and I'm going to say yes. All right. So Nick and Noah say yes on Dash. Robert says no. Dash Winningham. First base. Winning, Winningham. First baseman. Sounds like a winner. All right. Let's start things off here with the bracket. Um, let me go over the matchups first since we're down to just eight players uh, we don't really have. We have some. We have a little bit more time to kind of digest these. So the first one uh, on the top left side of the bracket is the number one seed, Mike Trout, outfielder for the Angels, against the third seed and third baseman for the Red Sox, Rafael Devers. On the bottom left, we've got the five seed, Ronald Acuna Jr., outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, against the third seed, Yon Moncada, third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. The bottom right, we've got Christian Yelich, top seed for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's an outfielder. We got him going against Francisco Lindor, the sixth seed for the Cleveland Indians. He's a shortstop. Then we've got the final matchup on the top right side, and perhaps the best. We'll save it for last. Sorry, guys. Four seed Juan Soto, outfielder for the Nationals, against two seed Mookie Betts, outfielder for the Dodgers. Let's start things off with Mike Trout against Rafael Devers. Mike Trout, obviously generational talent, but Devers is coming on in his own as well. Robert, who do you got moving on here and why? Mike Trout, I like uh, the fact that he steals bases. <laughs> That's the only reason? <laughs> no, it's just, it's it's so not even close. I'm sorry. I just don't want to break this down. <laughs> well, we, it's hard It's hard to break this one down. But we got to try. I, okay. I, like your re- I like your attempt, though. I, lo- I really okay. do appreciate it. Noah? Uh, Devers is a monster bat. Uh, don't get me wrong with that. I mean, 32 home runs last year, 115 RBIs, 300 average. Uh, didn't strike out that much. Had a decent amount of walks. Uh, his OPS was, was pretty good. It was his first really, really big year, which I think uh, really helps Devers. Of course, Mike Trout is Mike Trout. I mean, he was putting up. I mean, he, he eats Devers that Devers season for breakfast, let's be honest. I mean, this guy, you look at his war all throughout. Uh, he's had three 10-war seasons. He's had uh, one or a couple at around nine. Uh, he's had multiple over eight. This guy has won three MVPs. He's been second in every year, uh, second or first in every year, except for one year, and he got hurt that year. Um, Mike Trout's the clear choice here, but Rafael Devers is still one of the best players in the game, and he will be a force to be reckoned with in the AL East. Robert, that's how you break it down, man. Mm. All right, how about 54 doubles? Led the league last year in doubles. Definitely shows that he has more power than 32 home runs. There it is. Oh, that's the talking green monster. I'm talking about Rafael Devers, correct. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's got a bat. It's just Mike Trout's the all-around player and the consistent player. He's been the best player in baseball for running on seven, eight years. Nick? Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, here's... <laughs> We, I mean, Devers is he is he's gonna be great. He has a great bat, but he's he slogged 555 last year, and that's I mean it, it's that's probably might be his career average. Uh, Mike Trout, the lowest he's slugged is 550 in his career, 
And uh, wow. I think, I mean, Mike Trout, he is the definition of a five-tool athlete, um, five-tool baseball player. And I don't think, I mean, it's it's it, we were kind of living in kind of a kind of a once in a generation. It's 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 you never think you're in it until you see it, or until it's over. And I think Mike Trout. It's fun seeing how good he is right now, and understanding that he is uh, one of the best players in baseball history. All right, I'm pulling out the analytics brain here. Um, Mike Trout has had three seasons of a WAR over ten. Like I don't think you realize how freaking nuts that is. Like you don't see ten WAR players. In a, sometimes in a lot like decades and Mike Trout's done it three times he's had a 9.6 war season last season was an 8.2 the lowest he's had is a 6.7 which is some players best year and good players best year so Mike Trout is unequivocally the best player in the game right now so Mike Trout's for me all right fair enough Mike Trout moves on to the final four wow, final four shocker yeah, this is the real March Madness because there was no March Madness this year. Okay. <laughs> Next one, Ronald Acuna Jr., outfielder for the Braves against Yon Moncada, third baseman for the White Sox. Nick, who's moving on here? You got the five-tool phenom or you got the former – well, I guess they're both former number one prospects, but Moncada's really had a breakout season last year who could also be a five-tool phenom. Yeah, uh, I really like Moncada. I think I do think he's he's going to have a great career. But just looking at what Acuna can do, um, defensively, kind of they're kind of similar. Acuna is not the best defender, and Moncada is not the best defender. So just looking at the bat, Acuna has an amazing contact rate over his over his minor career and and up until his up up until last season. Um, so it's just the consistency that Acuna is going to bring to the plate. I definitely could see Moncada having maybe one or two good years that are that are better than Acuna's ever put up. But Acuna just over the consistency of his career, you just look at the, his swing, um, his ability to 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 just use the whole bar, whole ballpark. Um, I really like Acuna. I think it's it's easy for him to move on here. All right, Acuna for Nick Robert. Who's your pick? I love Mankata. I thought he was going to be one of the best shortstops, not third base. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I said this a long time ago when he first came up. I said in three years, this guy's going to be one of the best shortstops. It's the other way around. He's one of the best third basemen offensively. I think he's going to have a great career as well, just like Nick said. But you got to go with Acuna. Acuna had almost a 40-40 season, almost like Mike Trout. I mean, this guy is just ridiculous. They wanted, They thought maybe this guy could go 50-50. I, I don't know about that. That's that's pretty bold, especially with stolen bases at a hit-and-miss rate in baseball. But I tell you what, Acuna does everything right. He just strikes out a little bit too much, but that's early on in his career. That's something that will be easily fixed. Expect this guy to be a true Final Four. And Noah. Yeah, Ronald Acuna is going to be one of the best players in the game. And I think just one thing he's got to work on, I think he sells out a little bit too much for power. That's evident in his strikeouts. He has 40 home runs to 20 uh, doubles, so that's something we kind of got to watch out for. Um, but that's not to take anything away from Mankata. Mankata's great. Um, it, but I think going up against Acuna, Acuna really has just that one thing to work on. And he's still only like, what, 21 years old right now, going to be 22. Acuna is going to be on that Mike Trout level. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as him, but he's going to be on that level of best players in the game, hands down, for years to come. It's going to be fun to watch him. Uh, I, I agree with all of you. Acuna is moving on for me as much as we all love Yoan Moncada. Acuna is uh, one of those once-in-a-generation players, uh, potential once-in-a-generation players. I can't just say that off two seasons, but he's got the potential there. Um, the one thing that can – there's, let's say, three things that concern me since you guys all said positive things. Um, one, uh, speed 
the speed will be there, but we see in today's game that a lot of teams discourage stealing mm -hmm. uh, yeah. with their phenoms. Mm -hmm. So I really hope we don't see that with him because I love players who can do 40-40 seasons like he almost did last year. Um, and I want to see him become like the next type of young Barry Bonds, but uh, I'm worried that the steals are going to go down, kind of like we saw with like uh, Mike Trout where his steals go up and down from year to year. Um, so that's one. Number two, his attitude. Mm -hmm. I mean, this he's a young guy, so I, I'm going to give him a pass on this one. I think he's going to mature. Um, but we saw in the playoffs where he wasn't running out fly balls. Um, but he thought he hit a home run. It was a double off the wall against the Cardinals in the NLDS last year. I mean, these are easily fixable problems, but I really hope he doesn't go the way of like Machado where he gets his ego uh, reputation that follows him around. Um, I, I like Machado a lot too, but you can't deny that he's got a pretty bad attitude and that follows him wherever he goes. So, And then number three, the strikeouts. Robert already mentioned it. He's 21, and I, and progression isn't linear with these young players, so I think strikeouts are going to be his number one, things to number one thing to work on. And as in the next few years to come, that's something I will be watching as his development progresses. Can he cut down on those strikeouts? Because I feel like that's the last part of his game he needs to work on. So that's three concerns, and they're not super huge. Um, so, yeah, Acuna for me. Yeah, not concerning okay. enough. <laughs> Yeah, not concerning enough to, to lose to Moncada. Exactly. Um, are they concerning enough to lose to Trout? I mean, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Robert, Robert might have something to say we'll about see. that. We'll see. Oh, let me say this, though. Uh, Acuna, as good a year as he had, his war was 5.7. Trout has never had that low of a war, except for his rookie season when he played like one month. Hmm. Well, it wasn't a rookie season, so just saying. So if you get any ideas, Robert, there's some war stat for oh, you. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Next, next one up is the number one seed Christian Yelich, outfielder for the Brewers, against six seed Francisco Lindor, shortstop for the Indians. Christian Yelich against Francisco Lindor. Robert, Christian Yelich or Lindor for you? Well, here's the thing with Lindor. If you look at his career on base percentage and his and his seasons in total, mostly he's getting about 350 on base. Yelich has already demolished that early on in his career. Had a high on base percentage of 370 or higher. This guy already got on base early in his career. Now let's take it back a notch last year of what he almost did where a lot of people thought he was going to go 50-50. Now he didn't quite do that, but it's just unbelievable what he has done in the game today because not anyone is doing this anymore. Like Trout has the potential to do it, but he's not stealing bases. You look at Acuna, who was a possible 40-40, didn't quite happen, didn't have enough bases for stolen bases, that is. He was three off, he had 37 total. Yelich is, you talk about a one-generational player. This is a guy who had contact and speed in Miami, was dis, um, was ridden off because of the power, because of his stadium. Then he comes over to Milwaukee, and he hits absolute bombs. And you talk about launch angle, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I'll tell you what, he's like the definition of the launch angle. He has dominated home runs in baseball, in the National League, and he's the best player in the National League right now. Okay. So i got to go Christian Yelich. Yelich. Oh. I think you're going with Christian Yelich on that yeah, one. Yeah, I got to go with Yelich. <laughs> All right, Noah, you got Yelich? This is tough, actually, for me. I think because... Really? Yeah, well, because look at Yelich in the field. Yelich is average mm -hmm. to below average. Francisco Lindor excels in the field, and you look at Lindor's bat, a uh, great leadoff guy. Yeah, he doesn't get on base maybe at the level that Yelich gets, but he's had 30 home runs in the last three years, despite getting hurt, by the way, for the first, what, two or three weeks last year. I think Lindor is a dynamic player. Now, we're looking at Yelich's peak, and it's better than anything Lindor has done, right? These last two years have been great. He's only 27. He could get a lot better. Lindor also is only 25. He could get a lot better. I'm, 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 I'm going to go with Lindor on this one. 
just because I think right. the defense is a game changer. But even though Yelich's peak is really good right now, I think Lindor has a couple more years still on Yelich that he could still put up monster years. No, that's that's fair. Yelich's knock is his defense. I mean, you look at a lot of his defensive metrics, and they're in the in the red. They're not very good. So um, Lindor's got the leg up there. Nick, who do you got? Um, I I'm I'm gonna agree with Noah. I'm gonna take Lindor on this. Now I I, I love Yelich, and I've always been a fan of him. I, I I've loved his swing when he was with the Marlins. I thought it was one of the most one of the most beautiful swings in baseball. Um, and and there and you could see there was p- potential for power with 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 what he could do with the bat, but but like Noah said, Lindor he brings so much more to the table with defensively, um, and and yeah, and Lindor is it does have potential to be a thirty thirty guy like Yelich does, and yeah, I mean Yelich did 44, 44 home runs and thirty thirty stolen bases last year, but like Lin, like Noah said, I think this this is peak peak career for Yelich, which is really good MVP obviously, but Lindor both at their age twenty five seasons. Yelich had 18 home runs, 16 bags, whereas Lindor had 32 home runs and 22 bags. So I think, looking at those numbers, Lindor is already on a on a on a much much higher higher path than than Yelich was. Um, I like I said, I love Yelich. I think he's an amazing talent. He is he is an, like we talked about, like we saw, he's an MVP talent. But I just think Lindor has just so much more to bring. Wow. Well, this is interesting because I got Christian Yelich. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think it just took a little bit for Yelich to get his game right. And Robert touched on it as well in Miami. The power didn't play as well there. Just look at look at Yelich's growth. If you just go to his baseball reference page and just go down his stats year by year, look at how much he's grown. This is impressive, right? He goes from nine home runs and 660 plate appearances in 2014 as a 22-year-old to 44 home runs five years later with 580 plate appearances. The power has come full force, and we're seeing peak Yelich right now at 27 years old, and I think that's going to continue. I mean, this guy is an elite hitter. He's figured it out. He's got the speed. Lindor is great, but I think Yelich has figured it out, and I I can see that happening for a few more years, and I don't think Lindor can match this pace. Uh, Um, And if you look at just his last year, too, the the immaculate um, on-base skills, too. He had a... He led the league in base, uh, batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage, and OPS. OPS plus he led the league. If he didn't get hurt in that last two, two or three weeks of the season, dude's probably MVP over Bellinger. Um, I got to go Yelich on this. We've got a tie. So, Noah, you wanted to jump in there so you can yeah, start start this one off. I was going to say, I mean, I I think Yelich has had a, had a great – I mean, his last two years are better than anything Lindor's ever put up. But – if you look at a couple, couple stats here, uh, wins above average, which is basically a way to measure how many wins uh, a player adds. There's a war, um, but wins above average is a, a measurable, this is how many wins he added. Uh, Lindor in 2018 bested Yelich in that stat, actually. He had 5.8 in uh, 2018, and Yelich had 5.4. Uh, now, last year, Lindor did get hurt. Things went down a little bit. Um, of course, his war went down a little bit, but I, I think Lindor has, has put up similar things to what Yelich has. Maybe not necessarily offensively, but you add in the defense. Lindor adds a ton of value to his team, and he's 25 years old. He's not even in his prime, and I think Lindor can continue to put this up. Uh, and while Yelich, I think he can continue to put this up as well, I just think Lindor adds more, and he can still, after last year, go back to that 2018 level that he was at. All right, Robert. You want to rebut it, or...? Well, let's let's talk about first how Lindor's a leadoff hitter, so he's getting more plate appearances for all the home runs he has. 
You put him in the three spot. I don't know if he's hitting 35 home runs every single season. I love That's the good way point. he plays Lindor the game. Lindor has led the league in plate appearances 2017 and 2018 yeah, he had like by a lot. Four yeah. or something like it's that. It's because he plays every Yelich game too. is getting about 650 to like at, at most maybe like 690, but that's not every year. Yelich is still doing the, the things he does, and he brings everything to the table. Whereas Lindor, as a leadoff, he's just getting more chances. And I know you're a big fan of that, Noah. You love the chances, and you always cock on me about it. You tell me that I'm wrong about it. So here's here's my chance to give it to you and tell you that Lindor's had a lot of plate appearances that have really covered how many home runs he's had over his career. But now, it's not... if Lindor was a three-hitter, he wouldn't have as many plate appearances. Or if and, he was a five-hitter. Let, so let me add this. Let me add this, Robert. We know where Yelich is going to be for the next yeah. five-plus years. He's, he's going to be a Milwaukee. player for the next three years. Honestly, we, he's going to be in Milwaukee. Yeah. We don't know where Lindor is going to end up, and that's don't. a big factor when you determine careers because – Part of the the criteria here is we're determining careers, we're projecting careers. If Lindor ends up on a different team where the park doesn't play as friendly or he's in a worse lineup or he's kind of covered by other stars, maybe he doesn't have the same performance. I feel like that's a tough argument, mm-hmm. though, because you're all spe- that's all speculative. You know, like, you can't well, just say... Well, this is all speculative. Not, We're projecting. Yeah, I'm saying you're not, you can't pick this guy because you're like, well, there's a potential he could go to San Diego there's in a, his offense. That's what we're doing, though. We're projecting, dude. Like, that's that's I just think that's, a, all, I think that's tough. Like, I know, speculative. I know. I, I think right now you have to look at where their career is, and you have to say, are these numbers going to continue? And I don't think you can just say, well, he could be in San Diego in a couple years because realistically, Yelich could be in San Diego in a couple years. I never years. said we where he was going to go. I said that throws a question mark that I don't like in front of this. No, Yelich is signed for a long time in Milwaukee now. He's staying, dude. No, I know that. I'm talking about Lindor. No, I'm that's just, what, no, no, that's it, well, well, I'm just saying in a couple years, Yelich realistically could, yeah, you, you never know, could be traded. Well, yeah, um, but, obviously. And the but, chances are low, I mean, but we're not I'm saying anything like can happen. I will um, say that the biggest knock for me when it comes to Yelich and his career is his neck. He has that neck injury the last two years, and that's actually a big concern for me because you look well, at... Lindor's got the injuries. Well, I mean... He had one yeah, last year. One injury hamstring like a big last injury. Look year. at Prince Fielder who had that neck problem. I'm not saying it's as severe, but I'm saying that is a concern for me. But that's not enough to say that Lindor's career is going to be much better than um, Yelich's when it's all said and done. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. I don't know if there's any convincing mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah, Nick, I want to hear your viewpoint on this. Well... Here, like like we were saying, Yelich, like we talked about, Yelich can finally figure it out. You can say that it's the, it's a it's a park factor because Milwaukee is a better friend, obviously a much friendlier ballpark than than Miami is. And and Lindor, he's already put th- three straight thirty home run seasons up. We can talk about the that those are just counting numbers because he plays every day and gets the gets the chances. But he does he does what he's supposed to with those chances. Can we knock a player for for that for doing what his chances? Yelich does the same thing with his chances. You put him in the leadoff spot, he's gonna hit forty home runs. Lindor almost hit forty home runs in the leadoff spot. I think it's 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 tough to knock Lindor for for what he does in the leadoff spot, but he also plays a premier defensive position and he does an amazing job at that. Where Yelich is Yelich's in right field, and, and really it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a cover up outfield position for a lot of teams, and and he he does struggle with that. He doesn't have the arm that a lot of right fielders usually want, and I think that is something that that brings a concern for 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 him being a better player than Lindor. Uh, last thing I'll say, you know, you mentioned the home runs, Robert. I don't think Lindor's argument is necessarily surrounding the home runs. Obviously, hitting 38 home runs helps, but I think he's he, he's more than just a home run hitter. I think we realize that, and so I don't really I'm not really concerned about how many plate appearances he's getting is affecting the home runs because I think he's a lot more than a home run hitter. And I'm not saying Yelich is not more than a home run hitter, but still. All right, we gotta flip the coin. So Yelich is the higher seed. He is gonna get heads. Lindor is tails since he's the lower seed. Let's flip it. 
And it's heads. Yelich moves on. That's anticlimactic, but you guys know. That was really anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it happened already. Yeah, so we got to sell it sometime. Sometimes we just ah, dang each other. it. No. All right, now for the marquee matchup. Oh, boy. We've got the four seed Juan Soto, outfielder for the Nationals against the two seed Mookie Betts, outfielder for the Dodgers. No, I'm going to have you kick this one off. Two great players. Two great players. And uh, you bring in Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has had Mike Trout-like seasons. I mean, he's been phenomenal for seasons, including his MVP season in 2018. I mean, 8.7 war. I know we, or uh, excuse me, 10.6 war, which is that 10 war That's that you talked about with right Mike there. Trout. That's Trout level. Um, and right now at 26, Mookie Betts is that dynamic player. But Juan Soto at 20 years old, hitting 34 home runs, 110 RBIs. He's hit 280. He's he just his progression right now, like the, the sky's the limit really for Juan Soto, and that's where I, I really struggle because Betts obviously has the speed on him, um, but for me, I don't think necessarily speed makes or breaks a better player in, in this kind of sense. Obviously, it helps on the base paths. It's not that Juan Soto's slow, um, and, and me, I love Juan Soto so so much, and, and I love his mentality. But I also love Mookie Betts' mentality. And, and so as hard as it is for me, I'm going to go Mookie Betts right here um, just because he has a little bit of edge and speed, and I think he has a similar mentality to what Juan Soto has, which is what makes it break Soto. I think, uh, I think you're right, Noah. I think Mookie Betts is a more complete player. And you look at Juan Soto at 20 years old, dude's a stud. But you didn't mention the defense. Mm-hmm. Mookie oh, Betts yeah. is a gold-glove right. defender in Boston, or he was in Boston, where that outfield is really, really tough, and that's hard to measure through uh, through um, metrics. Juan Soto is not that good of a fielder. He's actually below average. Mm-hmm. So unless that improves, uh, I, I got Mookie Betts moving on. I, I'm i a huge Mookie Betts fan. The 2018 season was one of the best we've seen uh, in a long time. Like we said, trout levels, dude, was unreal good. Um, so uh, I'm going to take the complete package here with Betts, who's proven it on defense with speed and uh, with the bat already. I'm, I'm going to go with the shirt thing here in bets. Robert? Oh, wow. You're going to me now? Uh, I'd say go to Nick first. I'll finish it. Okay. <laughs> you control this podcast. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with bets too on this. And I think it, it's something Noah's brought up in previous uh bouts on this on these on these episodes is is tools and that's and Mookie Betts brings all the tools um Soto has an amazing bat and I feel like I've been going against Soto this whole tournament I I think Soto is is going to be great but Betts he's already he's already been great and he's still continuing to be great um he he's able to hit home runs he's able to run he's able to have a 346 batting average and get on base he plays stellar defense he doesn't strike out he walks a ton um Soto has such an amazing bat but he he doesn't he's like I know it's not big on the stolen bases over the over the long haul, but he just doesn't steal bases. He's not that fast. He doesn't play good defense. Um, so his his bat can only carry him so far. Whereas Boots, Mookie Betts literally just brings everything to the table. Robert, you wanted to end with you, so end it. <laughs> yeah, this was a really tough decision for me. Like one of the toughest decisions I've made in the last couple of years. I'm not kidding. I love Juan uh, Soto. Even in, including like everything in your life? Yeah, including everything <laughs> in my life. Honestly. Wow, this is huge. Incredibly <laughs> tough. I had to watch a bunch of clips to see how these guys swung. I broke down a lot of things, looked at a lot of stats, a lot to really uh, differentiate who I liked a little bit better. And I tell you what, 
Mookie Betts, for me, when I first picked him, I thought this guy was the next Mike Trout. I thought he could maybe beat Mike Trout in the career when it was all said and done. I've always liked uh, Mookie Betts. Then I see this Juan Soto kid getting on base. Doesn't strike out. Oh, wait, he does strike out. So there's a problem here for me is one guy doesn't have the five-tool representation that we've been saying, and the other guy has it all. For me, i got to go with my man, Mookie Betts. And mm-hmm. when I see Mookie Betts, I see the fastest bat speed in baseball when it comes to hitting home runs. He hits the ball, pulls side, better than anyone in baseball, off the bat. It is literally lightning quick, and it's gone. There is no loft in the swing. It's a line shot out. You can go watch the clips if you don't believe me. It is unreal what this kid can do, and he's so tiny. He's like a Jose Altuve, but much, much more faster, much more athletic. And there's just a lot to like that he doesn't strike out either, something that Trout did early on in his career. Mookie Betts is an extreme talent, and there's no de- there's no question here anymore. This is the guy. He's definitely my guy. Right. And yeah. I, I want to address something that uh, some of our listeners brought up over the past week with the Mookie Betts-Nolan Arenado debate. They thought we should have debated that one a little bit more. Hmm. But I don't think people realize just think- how good Mookie Betts is. I mean, you can bring up the traditional stats of RBIs and all that stuff, but bet the fact is, Betts has been leading off. off though. That's why he wasn't getting most many of his career. He doesn't hit thirds. So he doesn't have the no, RBIs. Exactly. He doesn't have those traditional stats. Nope. This is a generational talent and someone who, uh, judging by Robert's comments, might be competing against Trout in the final here. Yeah, and Nolan Arenado is a monster guy, but I think his defense isn't as stellar as people think. It's great. It's great defense. It used to be. But it's not as stellar as people think. And Mookie Betts is is outstanding in the outfield mm-hmm. as a defender. Of course, it's gone down a little bit over the last few years. But, I, yeah, I don't think people appreciate Mookie Betts enough like they do in Arenado. They he's need play, to. He's playing right field, but he really is a center fielder, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, with, I mean, they how, have, how they had Jackie Bradley in center field. Yeah, but Jackie Bradley's not yeah. better defensively than Mookie Betts. Jackie Bradley's pretty well, good. Well, Bradley's pretty good. Bradley's yeah. pretty freaking good, cannon. But Mookie Betts, like I said, Mookie Betts to me is the best defender in baseball at any position. But I, I, I agree with what Luke said, though, about, the, about right field in Boston. We will have to see. Yeah, right field in Boston is a different man. animal. Yeah. I will, I will say this last thing. Judging by how we all talked about Juan Soto, I think it's clear, especially Robert and I, how much, how, how big we believe Juan Soto could be in baseball. And so Juan Soto is going to be great. He's just not as five toolsy as Mookie Betts. No. And for me, it's his defense. Like Luke said, his defense yeah. has got to be mm. much, much, much better. He had so many routine plays he barely could make off the wall. His problem yeah. is reading balls off the wall. That's his biggest issue. And and Betts had the defense right when he came up. I mean, this yes. dude was a stellar defender yes. right off the bat. Where Soto is going to have his little bit of a learning turned curve. into an outfielder. Yeah, yep. yeah. exactly. So, um, all right, final four is set, guys. Let's go through it before... Uh, we send our listeners off. Mike Trout on the left side against Ronald Acuna Jr. That's a one seed against a five seed. And then we've got Mookie Betts, the two seed against Christian Yelich, the one seed. So this is very reminiscent of like a real NCAA tournament. You got some upsets. You got the five seed, the, the Cinderella story, uh, making his way into the final four. Um, this has been super fun, and those debates were awesome. We've got better ones coming next week, though, so be prepared. Um, let's do things uh, with the name game here. Okay, so the name game I gave the panel was Dash Winningham. Robert said no. Noah and Nick said yes. Dash Winningham is indeed a baseball player, mm-hmm. and what a name that is. Obviously, too bad he plays first. Yeah, first baseman. If he was like a speedy center fielder, he'd be in the majors by now. <laughs> is no. Dash his real name? The name or doesn't lie. Is it a nickname? Uh, it says Dash Winningham. 
And, I mean, he played an independent ball, so he's probably not very good. You never know. Low A. Yeah, he didn't Didn't, didn't Chris Colabello play an independent ball? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> had, so did uh, Nick Anderson. Bases, That's so. right. They're coming. He's That's coming. a lot of guys. He's coming. All right, watch it. Nick Dash Winningham. Um, all right, that was fun, guys. We've got two more episodes left, the final four and then the final. Um, and hopefully we'll be talking about some baseball returning. Um, we'll see. Uh, we, there's been news out there about how they'll return, but things are still being worked out. Maybe we'll know more in two weeks. Um, but until we do, we'll have ideas for you, and we'll bring them to you on this podcast. So make sure you're subscribing to our feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, like us on Facebook or Twitter at Stitches Pod. That's at Stitches Pod. Send your questions or comments to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you for the final four next week. Take care, everybody.